Well, it's just a great privilege always to be sharing around the Word of God here this morning. And uh, we've been preparing for you all week. Every time we put a service on, we're praying into it, we're thinking, we're preparing. So uh, thank you for joining with us. And recently, I was reading through uh, the book of Acts. I'm still going through it at the moment. And I was reading through uh, in Acts 3 a statement that really stood out to me. Anyone had that happen? I'm sure many of us, where you're reading the Word of God and something just kind of really stands out to you. See, I was in uh, Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 2 is about Pentecost. And then the start of Acts 3, we see a beggar, uh, the, the lame beggar healed. And then uh, a big crowd started to gather because of this situation and because of this healing. And then Peter is addressing these people. There's this crowd that's gathered. People from the community have come in. And it says this in Acts 3, 14 to 15. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And the moment I read that author of life, it just really stood out to me. I kind of couldn't shake it. I, I just kind of focused my attention on those three words, the author of of life. Obviously, uh, in one way, Peter's kind of, you know, illuminating and highlighting to these people an area they haven't done well in. They let uh, Barabbas go, who was clearly a sinner and had done the wrong thing. And, uh, and they wanted Jesus taken and, and crucified. And they called out for that. And I'm imagining in this moment, these people post these events are probably not feeling great about their decision or their choice to, uh, to, to send Jesus to the cross because a lot of things happened obviously around that and uh, what happened in the earth and the shaking of the earth and a whole lot of things started to happen and, and then we have he's risen from the dead and the word got around that and, and there would have been whispering about I think we made a bad choice. And then I was thinking through the ideas about author of life and if that's Jesus, well, what is Satan? Is Satan the author of death? Well, he is. He's the author of death. All that he has and tries to do with people's lives is lead them to a place of death and destruction and, and, and things that aren't great. That's all he's trying to do is lead people away from the light, leave them away from the light. He's trying to lead them down these paths. And when I read that, I just started to really think about that. that that's the way of the, the enemy, destruction, despair, pain, torment. That's where he goes. But there, Jesus, the author of life. Who's glad you're on Team Jesus? Who's glad that you're following the one who's the author of life? I certainly am. And I, I continue to just ponder around this and, and do some, some study. And when you look at that word author in the original Greek, akagos, it means someone who originates, causes or initiates something, i.e. creator. And it's a good reminder of the sovereignty of Jesus that he creates, that he is the creator of life. He authored life. That is a, a really big deal. And when you think about it, in John 1, it talks about in the beginning was the Word. That was what Jesus was. And when you think about it, what does an author work with? They work with words. An author of a book works with words. And we know from John 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. You could put Jesus in, in, that, in that thing that says Word or Jesus. Jesus was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. There we are, the creator, the originator. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. 
It's good to remember where our roots are, isn't it? In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind, all mankind, all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We're on Team Jesus. I'm so grateful for Team Jesus. He's the author. He's the author. And there's many scriptures in the Word that talk about Jesus as the author. There's one, and many of you would have heard this one, Hebrews 12.2. Looking unto Jesus, uh, this, the writer's just been talking about running with endurance. And he says, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And I love that in one moment we're talking about the author of life and we're, we're kind of talking bigness and like for the church body and for the world and for everyone. And then we've got to remember that he's also the author of our life. It becomes quite close all of a sudden. It becomes very personal. And I love that. I love that we serve this almighty, majestic, all-knowing, holy God who is big and mighty, yet He cares about us. He cares about you. He cares about your faith. And that is the God that we serve. He's in the big, but He's about the detail and He's about the individual life. And I love that. And one of the meanings in this Hebrew scripture about the author, it can also mean the captain, the chief leader, or the prince. The captain. He's my captain. When someone's your captain, what do you do? You follow their instructions. You do what they say because they've got all the skills and knowledge and experience normally of leading you to a better place, of leading you to safety, to leading you to a blessed life. That's what a captain does. And I love that thought that he's my author and he's my captain, he's my chief leader, and I know that I can trust him. And I will today and I will tomorrow and I will next week and for the rest of my days, I will put my trust in him. Because he can be trusted. He wants to author the life of Hartley, Frederick. Yes, I said my middle name, Frederick Taylor. He wants to author my life and he wants to author your life. He is the captain. He is the chief leader. And he wants to steer us. Because that's what a captain does. They steer you. A captain steers. It's like they steer a, a, a ship. They're steering you. They preside over it. They care for it. It's kind of like a monarch presides over his people and he wants to lead those people. That's what our captain wants to do here today. The author of life, who's also the author of our faith, wants to lead us forward and take us forward and lead us to a better and grander place. And I love the start of a new year because sometimes we can look back and look at maybe how we did life last year and we can make some changes. It's a good season to make some good changes. It's a good season to step forward in our faith, to go forward in Christ, to to maybe go to a place where maybe last year we we faltered or maybe we went well for three months and the last nine months we let go of some things. Maybe we made it through a a good nine months, but those last three months were tough and hard and we, we let go of some of our faith and we didn't follow through some of the things we said we could do. I love like a bit of a reset. I think a bit of a reset is really good to say, I'm going again. It's like a new day. It's a new season. And we can do that here today. We can look at our life and go, 
Is there some areas where maybe I haven't put him as captain? I haven't put him as chief leader. And maybe here today you can put him in those places in your life. Because he is a good author. He is a good author and he wants to lead us to a wonderful journey. Because an author, they write the script. They're the ones who go, yeah, this is the way the story's going to unfold. And for every single life in this place, bar none, the author wants to write a great script for our lives. That's what he wants. He wants it so badly for our life to write a magnificent script for each of us as individuals. And I want to remind us today, life's not meant to be lived like kind of like wobbly and in the like, oh, it might work out, but it might not. It might be good life, it might not. I, I might find myself stumbling into a blessed life or maybe I want, that's not life, that's not what the author who loves us he wants to do. He wants to lead us upwards. The path of the righteous, it goes upwards. He wants to take us forward. He wants to lead us into greater and better places. But what we need to do is to allow him to play his part. Let's not be the ones to pick up the pen to write the book of our lives. Let him write. Let him be the one. Let's not take the control where he wants to be in control. Let's not just, now we work in partnership with God. That's how it works. But it's not like, well, it's just my way. It's, no, what's your way? And I'll start living out that. Because I know when we live out his way, that is the greatest, the best. That is the ultimate in life, is to live out and follow the ways he would call us and ask us to live. And I love that when we do that, life doesn't become no lottery. It becomes an assurance that we are on our way and a pathway to a great and wonderful life. And he is so good at writing good stories. I think about where my life is today and I look back at the times where he orchestrated absolute miracles and miraculous and wonderful things. Look who I'm married to. <laughs> that's, that's a match. That's a match made by him, by the author. He made this match. He knew there was a pathway for us. He knew that he wanted us to build the kingdom and sow our lives. It was him orchestrating. He was the author. He guided us. He led us. He led a boy that could have gone somewhere else maybe, but he led me to Natalie. And I look back now and I think, wow, I love it when God is at work. I love it when he is writing the book of my life. And he does it so well. And I love it when he gives you a glimpse into the future. He's good at doing that. I think it's why we get around other Christians and we get around each other and we keep making sure that church is consistent in our life because he starts to give us great glimpses to give us little bit of hope sometimes because sometimes you're in a situation and you you just can't see how it's going to work out but I tell you when you just keep showing up getting around the body of Christ he does things that encourage you and uplift you he's good at doing that I remember getting a word and a beautiful vision on an altar in church once it was kind of like I, I reckon from the age of like 16 to 24 all I prayed for on altars was a wife and then I got the wife at the age of 24 and then for like the next 10 years, all I prayed for was a house. It was kind of like, that was my big ticket item. I'm like, I'm praying for the house. And, uh, but I remember being on an altar in worship once and just seeing the most 
glorious vision for me, and it was a, a clump of turf falling out of the sky, landing directly in my arms. And I just knew I was well-centered. I wasn't going to drop this thing. And it was just a promise from heaven saying, you're going to get the house. It's going to work out. I'm going to make it happen for you. I'm going to work this thing out for you. And I love that. When you just walk with him, you get glimpses sometimes. You get glimpses from heaven. He loves to do that. And he wants to lead you into this great and wonderful and blessed life. And it's here for all of us today. We all matter. Every single one of us, we all matter. On Christmas morning, uh, I opened a number of gifts from my wife. And one of them was a book of uh, the life of a footballer called Billy Graham. I mean, not Billy Graham. It'd be good if you played football. But Billy Slater. Billy Slater. I'm in church mode right now. In church mode right now. And Billy Slater is a NRL rugby league player. Now, I don't particularly... Uh, he's not one of my... How do I say it? He plays for Melbourne Storm in Queensland, so I don't like him that much. The only time I cheer him on is when he's playing for the national side and he's playing for Australia. However, I'm really interested about people that have like they've hit the top of their game and just to hear a bit about their story and pick up some keys, it's, uh, it's a great thing to do. And as I read through this book, and uh, I actually really enjoyed it. I, I, I read it in like three days, which is a miracle for me. It was a thick book. Uh, it didn't have very many pictures. And, uh, and I really enjoyed hearing about this professional footballer and his dedication to his sport and, the, and how hard he had worked to get where he, he got to. Uh, but one thing I found as I'm getting to the end of the book, uh, it kind of stopped really prematurely. It's kind of like it got up to game two of the State of Origin in 2017 and then the book just stopped. And I'm like, why did it stop there? There was, there was more to come. See, his side went on to win the NRL Grand Final last year. He then got selected to play for Australia in the World Cup. He then became the greatest score-trying person ever in World Cup history. There was so much more in the story, but probably because of wanting to, to reach a deadline and get it into the hands of people for Christmas, the book just stopped. And I was like, there's so much more. There was so much more in his story in like a period of the next five months. And I believe for many here today, there is so much more for your story. So there's so much more. And even as we, we stood in worship here, I was starting to think for some of you, I mean, this morning you would have seen a, a few young people in their 20s get up, uh, a beautiful wife in her 30s of mine get up, uh, a young 40-year-old, and you might be beyond those years and you're like, oh, there's this new generation. God is using a new generation, but he needs every generation every generation, every generation building the house of God. There is no one here that is not needed to build his house. And I thought about the Tracys. They are heroes in this church. Peter and Sue Tracy, they are not stopping. They are building the house. They serve on teams. They've been helping us out when we're doing stuff for new life. They're here on a Monday night making our night college happen. They are servants. They are building the house. I won't tell you their age because they look about 20 years younger than they are. 
But don't stop because there's more. There's marriages that you need to save in the life of this church. There's young people don't have your experience. They, don't, they haven't walked through what you've walked through. They, they need your advice. They need your guidance. They need your direction. There's, there's other people in your generation that need a connect group run by you where you're speaking life and speaking faith and, and laying hands. You are needed for the house of God. There's, there's people in that generation that need to come and serve in our care service on a Thursday. Your story needs to be told to some people who are doing it tough. You see, no one's discounted. And for that older generation, your greatest days are still before you. You are needed. It's not the church of the next generation. It's the church of all generations. You're needed. God needs you. And your greatest days, if you'll just follow His lead, they will be before you. They will be before you. But it's about letting Him ride it, but us playing that part of following where He will lead us. Don't take the pen off the author. Let the author be the author. And trust in Him. Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding in all Your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. That's how the author works. We trust in Him. We put our hope in Him. We go with Him. And I'll tell you what, what He can do with a life. Think about Paul in the New Testament. Go and read again what he was like before he became poor. (laughs) What a transformation. He was bringing absolute destruction to the house of God. Never think your neighbor or your family member who's so far from God can't be saved. Stand on those kind of stories knowing that when someone just releases their life to him, what he does, it is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. And just follow the lead. Ask him. Even Jesus himself did what he saw the Father doing. John five sixteen. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at the work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making him equal with God. Jesus gave him this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. So just listen and be led by how He will lead. And I tell you, it does lead to a great life. It's like, it's like key. It's like key as you listen to Him, as you follow that, a life surrendered. That is so important. Surrender your life. And maybe here on the first Sunday of 2018, you do that in your heart afresh. You just say again, God, I surrender my life to you. I'm giving it all to you. I want to be led by you. I want to follow what you have for me. I want you to do what you want to do with my life. It's about that surrender, about that surrender, and he will work great things. I listen to a lot of worship music, and there's a song I've been listening to lately called Beautiful Story. And Some of the words in this song say you write a beautiful story. From glory to glory, beginning to ending, orchestrating everything for good. You know what is best and you are not done yet. You work all things together for good. Like you said, you're not done yet. You make a way where there is not a way. I just love songs like that that uplift me and encourage me. 
and lead me forward. Let's go and do his will. Even Jesus in the garden, it's coming to an end and he was kind of had that moment where he's like, oh, can, can this be done another way? But then he follows up, but not my will, but your will. We just follow. We follow. We follow. So what is he leading you into this year? What is he guiding you into this year? Trust him. Trust him with him guiding and leading. Trust him in all areas. Trust him with the timing. Just go after it. He's really good at it. At Christmas, uh, I found myself visiting uh, Nat's younger sister. and She lives on a farm in South Australia. And we were there. We did like a day trip from a few hours away where we are staying somewhere else. And uh, Natalie's sister's husband, the farmer of this, you know, quite large uh, parcel of land, said, look, I'll take you for a drive and we'll go and do a bit of a farm tour. I've been there a few times, but i always enjoying it. I think particularly being a follower of Christ and reading the Word that has so many, you know, parables about things around farmland and so forth. It's always good to get out there. And out on the drive, he said, oh, look, I need you to do something for me. I'm like, oh, I get a job? He goes, I've got a quad bike in another field. I need you to bring it back. And I'm like, oh, this kind of sounds, I could do that. Sounds like a bit of fun. So we pulled up next to this quad bike and he got out and he had to give the uh, city slicker a bit of a, a lesson on the uh, on how to ride the quad bike. I've been on a few before, but this one was all different and buttons and this. And the accelerator was, use your thumb. What's that called, Brett? Thumb. Thumb accelerator. There we go. Knew it had to be called something like I just explained before. And anyway, and we we got on this bike and then when I, uh, you know, and I was a little bit kind of cautious because... Although they've got four wheels, people still crash those things. So anyway, I kind of got this thing back and didn't go too crazy. And when it was back, he said, oh, do you want to take your kids for a ride? So I'm like, oh, I'm sure they'll enjoy that. So I took Sienna for one ride around the property. And then I got Jesse on there. And then at one point, I got uh, my eight-year-old Jesse on the bike. And uh, I'm like, okay, Jess, do you want to have a bit of a bit of a go? He was sitting in front of me, but I'd been doing all the steering and the acceleration. He goes, yeah, Dad. So I thought, okay, I'll kind of get my hands on the outside so I've got a bit of control of where to steer, but I'll let him go for the accelerator. And I didn't give him any instructions. And he's a boy. And I found this very long dirt road. So as we stood there and we took off, and I could do the gears. I think I, I think we got going and then I got it up to, I think, fourth gear. And I'm like, there you go, Jess. And he just literally went, and within about three seconds, he had dad petrified and he was like totally fine. I'm literally screaming, slow down, slow down. So it took me three or four shouts before any deceleration of the accelerator was put in. He just went for it. And there I was screaming, screaming into his ear. And why was I screaming? Because... I want him to hear my voice because in that moment, I'm responsible for his safety. Grazers, cuts, wouldn't have looked good coming back into the farmhouse. So I was responsible and as a good loving father, all I wanted was to you know, get us back safely. I wanted him to have a bit of fun, but I was making the call. I don't know, I reckon he heard me, but he told me he didn't hear me. But we'll have a word about that another time. But there's one thing I know, and that is that God talks and he speaks to us. And his word is for the goodness of us and our lives and our future. The author at work, let's be really good at being led by him, shall we, in 2018. Let's hear his voice. Let's follow through. 
let's trust that because he's so good. And when you live like that, so many great things happen. I'll ask the band to come up. You know, I sat on my deck last night. I was doing a little bit of preach prep, and I just kind of looked up into some trees that I can see from my back deck and saw some birds flying through the air. And I just love that there was a season where, you know, we didn't have this house, and then we get this house, and it was just a, it was like a fresh reminder in the moment. We've been there for seven years. Sometimes you get used to what you've got, and I just kind of sat there with a smile on my face and thought, oh, I love the author. I love when he's in control and he's guiding and leading and then he comes through and he can be praised and glory can go to him and you can pr- uh, thank him from the depths of your heart because he's going to want to continually do that in your life, leading you to a blessed life, leading you forward. So you say yes to him today. Don't be someone like in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25 that has gifts and talents but keeps them and never uses them, never uses them, wouldn't that be a shame? If you end life and God had given you so much to give, yet you held on, maybe you just wanted more time to yourself, so you said no to serving, maybe you wanted more money to yourself, so you said no to being a tither, maybe you just wanted more time with family, so you, you, you miss church a lot. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've just done life a little bit too much like that, and 2018 is just a new season to go, no, God's given me stuff I want to use, my skills and my abilities to build the house, to serve Him, to love Him, to love other people, to extend a hand to others. Be someone like that. Serve, maybe start that connect group this year, maybe attend Bible college, whatever he calls you to do, follow. Let him be the author. Because I believe if you were to look at my life in a book by the author, what I'd be really excited about, and this is the same for all of us here today, is the forward. I reckon mine would say something like this, and be similar for all of us, to my son Hartley, I love you. And I've been to a cross to you so that you can live an unbelievable life. You have all you need. Go for it, Jesus. That's the same for all of us. We have all we need in this life. We have Jesus, the Son of God, the author of life, the perfecter of our faith. He's done it all. But now we work with him to make sure the pages We're not writing it with our pen. We're letting him write it. And we go forward in that. And that parable I said mentions twice in that story for the the two that had what they were given and they multiplied them. They hear these words. And these would be the words that we can all have at the end of our story. And it's, Well done, good and faithful servant. Let's live striving towards that. Live wanting to hear those words when this life ends, this one precious life that we all have. One precious life. Let's let him do his work, shall we?